I'm here with Ted from Arslanian Brothers. In addition to wall-to-wall carpet cleaning, Arslanian Brothers actually offers many other cleaning services. Can you tell me about those as well? Well, we do expert furniture cleaning, tile and grout. We do blind cleaning. And we also do rug repairs on fine area rugs as well as wall-to-wall carpeting. So really, I can get my carpets cleaned, tile, and upholstery all in one day. Questions? Just ask Ted. 216-271-6888 or visit arslanianbrothers.com. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. Ctmobile.com. It's Stephen Piercy right here on your classic metal show from uh, his last studio release, A View to a Thrill. And uh, that goes out to our good friend in the chat room. Um, who the hell was that? That was Tony. Tony Lynn in the chat room from Las Vegas. And... Uh, just before that, we heard uh, John Karabi with the scream with uh, Man in the Moon. Of course, John uh, joined uh, Mo- Molly Crew not long after that uh, and, uh, you know, put out the best crew record in a lot of people's opinion, especially the guy who was late to come into the mic. <laughs> hey, I'm busy chatting in the chat room. I was entertaining the fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Just uh, busy, busy with the uh, clientele. That's right. I was keeping keeping the show going, as they say. Yeah. You well, your your promoter friend over there says you make things go, right? Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> I make things go. All right. Yeah, you make it go, man. Yeah, pal. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of making things easy come, easy go, and those stimulus checks. Yes. Um, Vicky Vincent is back. He is. He's uh, he's trying to hawk some more wares. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm sure he needs the money, and since everybody's getting paid, why not take their money? Right, exactly. Well, the money that you're uh, getting from the government, uh, taxpayer money, that mm-hmm. you're getting certainly would not cover the uh, price of this uh, gem that uh, he's he's hawking. Well, maybe if we stay locked down until, what, about September? <laughs> Maybe then you'll have enough. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> well the ex Kiss guitarist Vinny Vicky Vincent mm-hmm. is selling an autographed merchandise pack for a mere ninety five hundred shekels. Oh, is that all? Ninety five hundred, huh? Ninety five hundred. Nice. It's all. So you could buy you could buy a decent used car or Vinny Vincent crap. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good, like a good plan. Yeah. Well, since since he reneged and never did deliver on that uh, box set mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of people paid for and never got their money back and never received the box set, what mm-hmm. kind of a foolish rube would pony up $9,500 to give to Vicky Vincent? See, I was thinking about, do you think he expects anybody to buy this shit or do you think he just puts out this crazy shit to stay in the news? Well, why does he need to be in the news? I mean... He doesn't do anything. Well, he did that event at the hotel for 300 bucks a pop. Is that what it was? 300 ahead? Yeah, it was 300 ahead with no cameras and no no proof that it actually happened. Right. Other than the occasional story. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't figure out what he's doing and where he's coming up with these numbers. And, you know, he's got to know that he's a laughing stock. Don't you think he's got to know that people are just going to point and laugh at him and say, what a fucking idiot. Well, that's, that's when he goes, see, you're not really a fan. You're just a hater. Yeah. Could be, but you know what? If, if not being a hater means I got to spend $9,500. Yeah. I'm a fucking hater. You're <laughs> goddamn right. The former kiss guitarist, Vinnie Vincent is offering a special autograph merchandise pack by way of his official online store. Priced at a whopping $9,500, the pack includes several CDs, one DVD, four T-shirts, two patches, and three posters. What a steal. No, it, co- it, it costs you 9500 
even Gene Simmons looks at that and goes, God damn, that's overpriced. <laughs> According to Vincent's website, the following items are included in the pack with each item autographed by the, uh, by the guitarist. Okay. Uh, Vinnie Vincent invasion CD. Vinnie Vincent. Wait a minute. Hold on. A Vinnie Vincent CD. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Vincent invasion, mm-hmm. which you can get at any dollar bin. Yeah, but it's not autographed. Well, that adds that adds a good three thousand a hit. Yeah, exactly, the, right? Uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion All Systems Go CD, another dollar bin item. Vinnie Vincent Invasion Double CD Set. What is that? I don't know what's in that. It's probably those first two CDs again. Yeah, it's just repackaged as like a like a double double disc, right? <laughs> Vinnie Vincent Invasion DVD, Rock and Roll Heaven Live, mm. Guitar Mageddon Guitar Catalog. Well, uh, two Vinnie Vincent patches, patches, patches. You know, for your battle jacket. Oh, good. Jackal, Jackal will jump on that. He's got a battle <laughs> jacket. Uh, advertisement of a Vinnie Vincent Pro Tone pedal. So not a pedal, just an ad for it. Yeah, like like you ripped it out of like a Metal Edge magazine or something. <laughs> Poster. Yeah. <laughs> Vinnie Vincent t-shirts, four shirts new and autographed. I hope they're new. <laughs> well, why would they? You, you can't assume that they're new. I mean, before he was selling his old boots and pants and shit. Right. Could be used. Yeah. Vinnie Vincent live poster, Merry Metal Christmas. Ooh. Days of the Dead show poster. And Chiller Theater live poster. Oh, all the goodies, all in one place. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, here, here's my question. Yeah. These CDs that he's packaging up and selling. Mm-hmm. Does, if these aren't purchased or or gotten from the record label or whoever distributing whoever originally distributed them Mm -hmm. are these leftover cds or is he manufacturing these cds it's probably you know he's probably got a a computer from 2002 that still has a (laughs) cd burner on it and he's burning cds well that's my question it's like even though it's vinnie vincent invasion if if this isn't the original packaged disc and, yeah. he, and he doesn't have some kind of a distribution agreement or something like that, can mm-hmm. he legally sell these things? Of course not, but he will. Yeah, dude, of course these are bootleg, but he's still going to sell them. He don't give a shit. And who's going to catch him? I Again, I'm just asking the question. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly not like the... It's not like... What was he on MCA or something? Mm-hmm. CA MCA, one of them. It ain't like what it ain't like whatever company that is is going to go and find find um, Vinnie Vincent and and sue him for seventy five thousand dollars for bootlegging his own music. They're just not going to do it because they'd have to spend ninety five hundred first <laughs> to get the proof. Yeah. Uh, these that I have, I think these, these are, uh, re, re, um, reissues. Mm-hmm. These were on zoom music. Yeah. Those are reissues. So I said, these are reissues. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was like MCA or Crystalis or one oh, of them. Crystalis? Might've been Crystalis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of them, one of them shittier ones. It wasn't, it wasn't like Warner. It was it was somebody somebody else. All right, uh, Vincent, who was a member of Kiss when the band uh, publicly um, unmasked in 1983, made several public appearances in 2018 after spending the past two decades out of the public eye. Mm-hmm. 1983, Kiss wrote and released "Lick It Up," their first album without makeup. Uh, recording of which uh, Vinnie Vincent wrote eight of the 10 songs, including the title track, which remains a staple of the group's live performances to this day. Wow. And then blah, blah, blah. This is all just history. Do you think if it wasn't for the insanity of the kiss fans of the kiss army, Mm -hmm. do you, 
anyone would give two shits about this guy? I wouldn't think so, you know, but for for whatever reason, people still support him, even if they, he rips them off. Yeah. I mean, if he had written, if he had written and played on stay hungry by twisted sister, Mm -hmm. throwing thing out there, would anyone give a shit? I wouldn't imagine they would. I, I can't fathom that he'd be, he'd be a half a step above Doug Marks. <laughs> he would be like nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to, you know, I'm, I'm interesting. You brought up Doug Marks. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking about his, uh, the way that he marketed himself, you know, back in the nineties, yeah. mostly the nineties where mm-hmm. he, he, uh, pre pre-internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had these videotapes, these teaching tapes and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess he did pretty well with that. You know, he yeah. he put uh, ads and things in in the you know the music magazines, mm-hmm. and then had you know actually had physical product that you had to buy, and it got sent to you in the mail, as opposed right. to what you know our good friend John Levin is doing now, to where you could yep. just pull up the internet and you know watch videos on the internet for a small price, or actually have one on one guitar lessons via the Skype. Right. But uh, Doug Marks, you know, early on, uh, he was kind of a pioneer of that kind of a thing. He either did really well or did really poorly because either way, he done disappeared. Well, again, he wasn't like a household name. Yeah. But, you know, for a guy who was an entrepreneur and a guitarist and uh, the ability to distribute himself, and get out there and make a few dollars, uh, you know, um, sharing his craft with people who were interested in learning it. Any of us that bought any of those magazines knew his name. Yeah. None of us ever heard him play, but we all knew his name. Yeah. It's funny because for some reason I was thinking about that just the other day. It's like, wonder what happened to that guy? Yeah. No, he's, um, God knows what happened to that guy. Well, look him up. See if you see if he's out there somewhere doing something. Doug Marks. Doug Marks. Metal Method was his thing. One of the longest running and, mo- and world's most popular video guitar lessons. He has taught over 100,000 guitarists to date. Sure he has. 100,000 guitarists? Um, yeah, he hasn't done shit since um, 1986. That's the last thing he put out, Hawk Song Lessons, 1986. And then they re- reissued his basic course in 92 and then again in 2006. But right. Doesn't appear that he's done anything else. He's not. He hasn't really ended up in a band or anything. Yeah. Well, Next- maybe, maybe he made enough off of his uh, sales that he could retire. Well, if he only made, what, $100 off of each guitarist, that times 100000 that's a million. Yeah. 10 million if I don't know what the math is because I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he probably made his money. He he probably did. Yeah, well, good on him. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, that's one of those people that you, you know, you got to admire that have an idea and they just go out there and they just do it. And it's just like they make a lot of money. Yeah. It's like, I just had this idea one day, you know, videotapes are popular in the eighties, you know, VHS tapes mm-hmm. and I'll just make some tapes and I'll, you know, print them off and I'll drop them in the mail and, you know, I'll put some ads in some music magazines and everybody wants to play guitar. Right. Yeah. Good for him. There's a, Somebody put a picture of him now in the chat room. He looks like George Lynch. <laughs> does he? He does. All right. Let's take a look. Look at him. He looks like George Lynch. Yeah, he does look like George Lynch. Got the old man hair. Yeah. Well, how about that? Maybe that is George Lynch. Maybe <laughs> maybe we never knew it, but George Lynch was secretly Doug Marks. Right. Could have been. George Lynch by day, Doug Marks by night. Now, in the in the 80s with the hair, he looks like Dana Strum. Yeah. Not as much of an asshole. <laughs> You know, I I know that I know that Dana Strum has that reputation, yeah. but I've I've hung out with Dana on like three occasions, 
Mm-hmm. And the guy was always cool. He wasn't real nice to me, but he had no reason to be either. Well, again, I, I can only talk about myself, but you know, yeah. I've hung out with him and he was always, he was always nice to me. And you know, I always expected him to be an asshole because that's all I ever heard about him. Mm-hmm. But the three times that I just hang out with him, he was just, you know, yeah. I, I didn't detect the asshole ism from him. Uh, the times that I met him, but I heard, you know, other things from other people. Yeah, I've only, like I said, I've only really, I, I'm not a good judge. I mean, I, I was, I was hanging out with Mitch, Mitch Karshevsky, the promoter guy. Slaughter was playing the, um, Ron's Crossroads. Oh, it was like, um, at, what was that club called the over fly- there I, on the, on the uh, West side? The flying machine. No, it was over on Detroit. It was like, um, I keep thinking empire, but I know it wasn't the empire. Whatever it was, it was over there. SOS used to play there all the time. Okay. And whatever that club was called. And I, I went out there to see Slaughter because Mitch, this is when Mitch and I were doing an office together. He's like, oh, you got to come out because he knew I, I liked Slaughter. I was I was kind of a fan of the second and third albums. Mm-hmm. I really liked those records. And so I went out and with Mitch and Mitch introduced me and and I, I was talking like Mitch introduced me. I was like, Hey, how you doing? And I was holding the, um, wildlife CD and Dana just looked at me and goes, I guess you want me to sign that. Right. <laughs> Not even hello or nothing. Just, I guess you want me to sign that. Right. And I was like, well, if you would, and he just took it from me, scribbled on it and handed it back. Didn't say nothing. Oh, okay. You know, so I mean, was he, he was abrupt i guess he yeah. wasn't so much a dick like he wasn't like here fuck face here's your <laughs> fucking cd or something he just was like abrupt i was like dude what did i do i just fucking you know i came here with the promoter and i promoted your fucking show yeah and i was like dude yeah i'd like to get my cd signed or my cd jacket signed which then of course georgetta tore up so i don't even own it anymore <laughs> that woman and her destroying your stuff yeah, well, she, that was all in that same session. I know, but still, it's just just the thought of somebody destroying my stuff because they don't like it. Hey, how can I be listening to something evil that talks about slaughtering something? Yeah, of course. Horrible. That's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, I was a bad person. <laughs> well, that that reminds me, you know, when I was when I was married for a brief time. Uh, you know how in high school in your senior year, everybody mm-hmm. gets their senior picture taken. And then, you know, of course you got the, the individual wallet size pictures. So everybody's like, uh, trading those. Yeah. It's like uh, they'd sign one to you, you know, Hey, uh, it was great, you know, going to school with you or good luck in the future, whatever it says, you know, you right. know how people did that. So of course I had pictures from high school of of friends mostly girls Mm -hmm. and i had a wallet that was in a box mind you i didn't carry it it was in a box it was just like in a box of mementos okay and it had all the high school uh, pictures and stuff in there that people gave me you know before graduation yeah well my wife uh, threw that out because i didn't need pictures of other girls yeah well i dude i have that same same scenario for me it was a um i had a photo album yeah and it had my my fiance prior to georgetta in it you know like because me and her took a lot of pictures because well we were scheduled to be married (laughs) so you know there were a lot of photos of her yeah came home one day it was gone yeah was just gone i was like where's my fucking stuff and i i always had it like in a bookshelf so it was noticeably gone (laughs) You know, it was just, no, just, just gone. I was like, Hey, where's my photo? album? Oh, I threw that thing away. Yeah. Really? Why? You don't need to be reminded of her. <laughs> like, Oh, I don't. Okay. Oh, do you want to be thinking about her? Is that what this is? You want to keep her <laughs> in your mind? It's like, whatever. <laughs> well, I got another good one. All right. So, um, there was a girl in my, what, 
there was a girl that I was very friends with, never dated her, no, nothing romantic. We were just always friends. You know, she was just a real cut up, good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Her name was Connie Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, we were always just really good friends from junior high school all the way through high school. Okay. And she was just always a big cutout, but she was one of the really, really popular girls, real, real attractive. She was always like a pom-pom girl or she was always involved with, you know, some kind of club activities and, you know, she was just one of those, one of those girls who was very, very socially active. Sure. Okay. But she always liked my dry sense of humor and she was always a cut up too. Okay. And uh, so we were always just very, very friendly all through school. Again, she had zero interest in me on a romantic level. And, uh, you know, she always dated the popular guys and the football players and whatever. And that that was never an issue with me. It's just I just liked her because she was a good personality. Mm -hmm. She was fun. Yeah, she was a fun chick. She was just fun to know. And uh, very friendly, not stuck up, as as attractive as she was, as popular as she was. She wasn't stuck up. She just wasn't uh, that way. Right. So, you know, after high school was over, went to college. While I was in college, that's when I met the the future wife. And after college, that's when we got married. And uh, we were married for about a week. And, uh, we were, we were just getting on our feet after getting married and we were, uh, staying at my, at my parents' house until like we got our apartment settled. Okay. So we went to Rolling Acres Mall and uh, we were walking through the mall and who should be working at uh, a store was a, I guess it was kind of a hip closed store. It was called Davy Jones's Locker. Sure. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, of course. So she was working at Davy Jones's locker. Okay. And we were walking through the mall and we were walking up and she was, this Connie was just standing outside, like right, right in the doorway entrance of Davy Jones's locker. And she saw me coming and I hadn't seen her since high school. It had been a couple of years. Right. And she came running out and she goes, she's just like, Wendell, you know, and she came over and gave me just a big hug. You know, it's like a long time no see type thing, you know. Right. And she's like, I heard you got married. And I said, yeah, actually I did. I said, actually, here's my wife right here. And, and I, I said, I said, Connie, this is Shelly. Shelly, this is Connie. My wife turned her head and she goes, I don't want to meet her. And oh, she went geez. storming down the mall. <laughs> and you were like, what in the fuck? Exactly. So of course I'm like, totally embarrassed of course it's like i just was introducing you to somebody i went to high school with you know so from that day on until Mm -hmm. the day that we split up three years later yeah she brought connie Payne's name up (laughs) every time we got into some kind of an argument right and, uh, like, like there was a couple of times because I worked for roadway out in California, right? Roadways corporate headquarters was in Akron, which is where, you know, I lived, you know, or grew up rather, you know, it's where my dad lived still right. does. So mm-hmm. periodically as a manager, I would have to go to Akron for some kind of meetings. And okay. every time I had to go to Akron for some kind of uh, meeting for work, are you going to go see Connie Payne? Oh, Jesus Christ. Seriously. Really? Seriously. Oh, that had to make you just nuts. It did. That, that Connie Payne, her name came up for three straight years. <laughs> and after when we decided we'd split up. Yeah. Her parting words to me were, well, now that I'm not in the picture, you can pursue Connie Payne. Oh my God. Seriously. Obsessed much? Holy shit. (laughs) That's exactly right. So because Connie came out and gave me a hug in the mall. Right. That cinched it right there. That's just nuts. It is. Why, why are they so obsessive? At least you only had to deal with it for three years. Dude, I heard Brenda's name in the divorce. I heard Brenda's name in the divorce. That was 
That was 20 after 23 years of marriage, a year of dating. So it was 25 years earlier <laughs> that we had dated and broken up. And I, and her name got thrown at me in the divorce <laughs> as a, as a proof that I wasn't faithful. Really? Yeah. That was proof that, that I always wanted to get back with Brenda. Is that, is that right? Is that, is that the, that was the proof in the pudding that you wanted to get back with her? That I wanted to get back with her. And I was like, you know what? And the worst part was I sort of did know her, his Brenda's history and was like, yeah, I don't think I want to get back with somebody that's been divorced four times. Yeah. I think I'll skip that. But I guess I probably, I want, you know, there's a weird part of me that thinks that if, if I would have married her instead of Georgetta, I would have gotten divorced within like two years instead of like 23. Yeah. I might have had a whole different, different thing. You know, but <laughs> yeah, people are asking about her in the chat. I'll put a picture of me and her in the chat back before I was a big fat fuck. <laughs> yeah. But what's, what's really funny though, is, is I never, I didn't date this Connie or nothing. Yeah. You know, that, that was the whole weird thing. It's like, it's not like it was some kind of high school fling or this was my ex-girlfriend by the way, or nothing. Yeah. It was just somebody I went to school with. Mm-hmm. I should have, I know with, with, with Georgetta, I should have known when I first started going out with her and, um, and she, Georgetta was like, I had pictures of my, my last high school girlfriend in my wall locker, this girl named Beth. And I had a bunch of pictures of me and her in my wall locker and she made me take them all down. I didn't think nothing of it. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was such a young kid. I was just like, Oh yeah, I probably should take them down since I'm with you now. Right. You know, I had that, just that stupid thought. And it was like, it was like, um, Whoa, you know what? You know, now I look at it, I'm like, God damn it. There was a fucking warning sign and a half. You know, <laughs> it's like crazy talk, but yeah, yep, one, just like, well, I, I tell you what, that, that is one thing that I learned after, you know, dealing with that jealousy thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, if, if anybody shows any signs of jealousy, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out of there. Right. I am out of there. I, I cannot deal with just insane jealousy for no apparent reason. Yeah. Well, I won't deal with it now. I, I gave it a quarter century to take and it just <laughs> really took on. So. Well, I'll tell you another story uh, right. since it's a, the whole jealousy thing. Mm-hmm. So w- while I was married, uh, my, my ex w- worked at numerous jobs. She can never hold a job very long because she always had a big mouth and always get fired or she'd be, always be late to work or, yeah. you know, something like that. So I went to go pick her up, uh, at, at work one day and she was out there chit chatting with somebody, some dude outside the store while she was standing there waiting for me to pick her up. Right. And so uh, I picked her up and she gets in the car and, you know, we're just driving home. And she goes, don't you want to know who that was? I said, who? She she goes, the guy I was talking to. I said, no, not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, what is, should I know? Or should I care? I mean, if you want to tell me who he is, it's fine. But I, you know, it never even dawned on me. I wonder who that guy was. Right. You know, it, it, it was just like, so she's standing there talking to somebody. So what? Right. You know, I wasn't one of these, who was that? Yeah. You know, never, never occurred to me once. Yeah. Cause it, you're, you just don't have that gene in you and I don't really either. Dude. And you know, what's funny is now that I'm thinking about it, I used to not put up with the jealousy thing for whatever reason. I let Georgetta have that. And I don't know why. What a mistake. Holy smokes. <laughs> now you're making me question my own life. Well, I got another good jealousy story. Go ahead, and then I'll tell one, too. Go ahead. So when I was thinking about going to broadcasting school, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wanted to get a little more insight in the whole broadcasting thing. Yeah. So uh, I was at my dad's house visiting one day. It was on a Saturday. I was I was dating this other girl. Um and I was, I used to listen to W O N E, uh, okay. 
on in Akron there, the local rock station, right? Right. Okay. So I was leaving my dad's house and I on W O N E uh their evening girl, her name was Erin Carmen. Mm-hmm. She was doing a live remote at a like a auto parts store, literally not even a mile from my dad's house. Right. So on my way back home, I I swung by there just to see what was up and she was out there and I, you know, I'd hear her on the radio all the time. So I went over there and uh, introduced myself and I told her, hey, listen, you know, I hear you on the radio. I hear you doing this. I'm thinking about going to broadcasting school. You know, what can you tell me about the, you know, the broadcasting business? So so she was giving me, you know, a little insight of pointers and things like that, you know, and chit chatting about it. And, uh, I was just like, okay, you know, you gave me something to think about. And then I went about my business, right. Never thought anything of it again. Sure. Well, about a couple of weeks later, Boston, the band had, had just gotten back together or, and they were going out on their first tour in like years. Right. And I think that they were playing at, it was either the Gundarina or not the Gundarina or was it the, it was either at the Coliseum or, or at like CSU convocation center or somewhere like that. Right. It was at an arena. I remember that. And I'd gotten tickets and I think I was like in the like fifth or eighth row somewhere in that vicinity. Right. And, uh, while I was sitting there waiting before the show started with the, with the girlfriend, this Aaron Carmen comes walking by. Okay. And she goes, Oh, Hey Wendell, how are you? And I said, good, good. Nice to see you. And, and that was it. Okay. Immediately. <laughs> how do you know her? And I said, Oh, she was doing a live remote. She was down by my dad's house. I stopped by to ask her about broadcasting school and stuff. Dude, I ne- <laughs> I did not hear the end of this until we broke up. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> How come you didn't tell me about it? Yeah. Well, there was really nothing to tell. I mean, I didn't even think about it after that. It just never even occurred to me. Right. You know, it was just like, it was just like a uh, uh, hi, how you doing type of thing. And you know, what do you know about this? Oh, okay. Thanks. And I went about my business <laughs> and never thought about it again. And then she just happened to recognize me at the show and said hi to me. And it's like, well, how do you know her? Well, how long have you been talking to her? It's like, I met her once. Well, she sure seemed to know you pretty well. Yeah, she knew my name, dumbbell. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) And and it just never would end. And then it was just like, I can't even listen to that rock station anymore anytime she's on there. Are you shitting no, me? I'm not really? shitting you. That's exactly what she'd say. I can't even listen to W O N E anymore. I have to listen to W N C X now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's just the torture of it all. Yeah. Chicks with their jealousy is and stupid. I, I, I can't take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'll tell you this story. And, th- and this should have this should have told me as well because I used to not put up with it. That's what drives me nuts is I have this story and, and you just made me think of of it, (laughs) but I, there was a time when I would absolutely put my fucking foot down on this shit. So when this is a Korea story, I was, when I was in Korea, I went out one night partying and, um, somebody introduced me to this girl. She was a military girl. She wasn't a Korean girl. Okay. And I, I meet this girl and, you know, we, we end up hanging out. We having a good time. You know, we're partying, we're drinking. We end up back at the barracks, which was weird because usually we would have gone to my, my apartment, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, we ended up going back to the barracks. So we start fooling around in the barracks. And then all of a sudden she's like, she's like, I don't know if we can do anything because what if somebody, what if your roommates walk in or, you know, this, and you know me, I didn't give a shit. I was like, whatever, just blow me, please. You know, I was like in that, but so we don't do anything. Long story short, we don't do anything. We just kind of like go to sleep because she was like nervous about getting caught or whatever. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, next morning 
I take her over to the to the little NCO club that we had. We had breakfast. You know, I bought her breakfast. I get a phone number from her. And, you know, she gets my phone number. And she goes back to her base. I put her on a bus back to her base because we had buses that went in between the, the bases. She mm-hmm. was at a base that was, I don't know, maybe maybe a 25-minute ride away. The base was called K-16. So, fair enough. She, she leaves. I'm thinking, okay, well, that didn't quite work out the way I wanted, but whatever. This girl calls me at work three times a day. Every single fucking day for that week for the, for this week that goes by. And she's like, Oh, you know, I really, I really want to get together and, you know, I want to go somewhere where we can be alone and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. Well, come to the weekend. She wanted me to come to K 16 for the weekend, but I ended up having to do some work for the general on a Saturday. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't leave. I had to wait until at least after Saturday. And then at that point, it's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go for one day and then come back and, you know, pay, pay money for hotel rooms and whatnot and only get one day to banger. You know, that, that's, that's not worth the hotel money. Yeah. You're, you're trying to weigh your options here. It's just I, like, is this worth it? Well, and I was poor, you know, I mean, I, let's just be honest about it. I mean, you know, at that point in the army, I was making, I don't know, $550 a month and 250 of that had to go to my apartment. Yeah. I really didn't have a bunch of money. Yeah. At, you know, when you started talking about spending like $30 or whatever for a hotel room, you know, that was a big chunk at that point. So I just was like, no, I'm not going to come this weekend. And she was like, oh, you know, that's so, it was so, such a bummer. You know, I was hoping you'd come, hoping you'd come. So I ended up having to pull what we called fire guard, which was you would, you would work your shift and then you would have to stay in uniform and work all the way till the morning. And, and allegedly you were protecting the barracks, okay. you know, but in, in reality, we, we had a TV and a VCR and we would just sit there at the desk by the front door and we would, you know, just make sure that nobody that wasn't supposed to be there would come in. That was ba- And then once, once an hour, we had to walk around and make sure there was nobody lurking. You know, that was, that was the extent of fire guard. So on this Tuesday, I pulled fire guard. Well, on the day after fire guard, you were off work. Okay. So I called her and I said, I said to her, I said, you know, I'm pulling fire guard. I'll be off Wednesday. Why don't I come up Wednesday and, you know, we'll just go hang out and, and go have like some, some dinner or something Wednesday. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And she was like, cool, cool. Come on up. So we go, I go up there, we have dinner, we end up back in her barracks. And for whatever reason, she was ready to fucking go at, at her. She wasn't as worried about her roommates as she was about mine. Right. So, you know, I ended up banging her in the, in the barracks and that was cool. And, you know, we, we fucked around till let's say like seven o'clock or so, you know, just fucking around from like six to seven, I guess. And then she was like, she was like, well, let's go see what my friends are doing. And then I was like, okay. So I go and I meet her friends and they're all guys and they're all like, Hey, what's up? She's been talking about you. And this, I'm like, Oh boy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, cool. Well, I ended up partying with these guys. We end up going out to a club and she goes, but we end up going out to this club, whatever this club was right next to their base. And, and we're partying our ass off and she goes from thrilled to be with me holding my hand and walking to the club and happy to an hour into being at this club arms folded (laughs) sour puss you know and, and and i'm like what the fuck ever so the last bus back to to my base was leaving at 1 a.m so we they we leave the bar about 12 15 and we're loaded as you can imagine. So we go over to the, to the, the bus terminal place and, you know, I, I say to her, Hey, thanks so much for having me come up. This was a lot of fun, you know, whatever. And she's just like sour puss bitch. (laughs) And and I'm like, and I've said to her, I said, what is the fucking problem here? And she's, she's like, well, 
you were supposed to come up here and spend all your time with me. And instead you hung out with my friends and that's not cool. And I was like, wait a minute, you introduced me to your friends. I was just hanging out yeah. being cool. I didn't have to be, I didn't have to meet your friends. I could have spent the whole time with you. You introduced this situation. Well, that's fucked up and you should care more about the person that you're with. And I'm like the person I'm with, not with you. You know, this is, this is just fucking horse shit. This right. is just fooling around. So she's like, well, I'm going to have to think about where this is going, where this is going. And I was like, I'll tell you where this is going. This is going on the bus back to fucking Yongsan. You go and do whatever you want to do. So she's like, oh. Oh, you're just mean. You're just, you're just bullying, not bullying, whatever the word was back then. It wasn't meanie, but you were basically, she said I was mean. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, you are mean. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm mean, whatever. And in my mind, I was like, okay, got some ass. I'm good. If I never see this one again, <laughs> you know, I'm fine with it. So next day at work, my phone rings. It's her. I just want to apologize for being so bitchy. Uh, you know, I was, I was a little bit drunk and, you know, and we were, you know, I, I thought it was going to be different than it was and this and that. I was like, all right, well, whatever, you know, I was like, well, good luck to you. And if I see you around sometime, you know, maybe we can hang out. And that's, that, that was kind of it. I just was like, I, I was giving her the, you know, okay, cool, whatever, you know, but <laughs> We're not boyfriend and girlfriend and we're not dating or we're not doing anything. You know, right. we're just, if we see each other along the way, we can say hello. And if neither of us is with somebody, we could maybe hook up or something. That was kind of where I was leaving it. <laughs> so it was open-ended. It, it, well, it, it was, it, there was nothing to be open-ended. It wasn't even a relationship. Yeah, I it was get just, it. I get it. It was just a fuck. Yeah, really. It's, it's like, if I see, I see you. If I don't, I don't. So. Fast forward now about maybe a month, maybe a little longer, not a long time, but not a short time either, probably a month. And at this point I was, I was seeing Georgetta a little bit and there was a band that came over to Korea from, from the States called track. And they were just a, a typical cover band. But they were, you know, they were they were doing the USO thing where they were going to each base and they were playing a couple of days, you know, at each base and whatever. Well, I saw them on a Friday night on our base and I ended up befriending the the guitar player and the singer. And um, and they were real cool. And one of these days I'm going to I'm going to find this videotape. I have video of me singing with this band, singing nothing but a good time for, from Poison. <laughs> <laughs> with this band it's funny but but i you know i i befriended this band because i knew a lot about music and i knew a lot about that the music of the time and what they were playing and you know so we get to be chatty and and, and truth be told i was buying them drinks so they were more than happy to be my friend right and so cool so the next night they were playing at k16 which was again the bus ride away where this other chick lived at well, by now, you know, I've forgotten all about this chick. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, she, she has not entered my mind at all by this point. A month later, and she stopped calling me and whatever. So we go, we go up to this show at K16. And she shows up, like, we're, we're just watching the band, having a good time, sitting at a table. And she comes walking up, sees me with Georgetta with my arm around her or whatever. She comes up and goes, this is the bitch you traded me for <laughs> traded you traded you for. <laughs> and I was like, how are you? You know, I, I literally was not even like, like going to be asshole about it. I was just like, Hey, you know, what's up? Good to see you. Right. And she was like, eh. she was like, this is the, and now Georgetta gets all pissed off. She's like, who are you calling a bitch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and, you know, cause she doesn't know. Of she course. Why would she? Is this like, this was just some girl I banged. So what? Yeah. And, and I just was like, Oh Jesus. So then she's like, she starts crying. Not Georgetta. This, this girl this chick. Yeah. This chick. She starts crying right there standing next to my table. I'm sitting there looking up at her. She just called the, my date a bitch. And now she starts crying mm -hmm. at a rock show. No less. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. 
So I, I get up and I say, come here, let me talk to you for a minute. So I take her outside and I talk to her for a minute. She's like, I thought we had something special. <laughs> and I was like, what made you think this? Yeah. And she was like, well, I don't just sleep with anybody. And I was like, well, I do. You know, and, and I literally said that. I was like, well, I do. You know, that whatever. It wasn't a big deal. It was just. We were just having fun. We just, you know, that was it. And she was like, well, you, you brought this other girl to my home base and that's fucked up. And I was like, no, I came to see this show. I don't give a shit about that. I don't give a shit about you. And I just laid the hammer down. I told her flat out. I said, if you're going to be a cunt about this, then go back to your barracks because I'm not fucking leaving and I'm not bringing you back and I'm not going with you. This shit is done. You know, and, and, you know, going back to the jealousy thing, that was exactly what was in my head was there is no way am I putting up with this, <laughs> not for one fucking second, just for some chick that I really didn't have a relationship with. Yeah, I get it. And, and, and then I, I went back and what's funny is she called me that next Monday just to tell me off. <laughs> she couldn't just let it go. Uh. She, she had to call me on the Monday to tell me once again what an asshole I was bringing some other girl to her turf. <laughs> nice. So needless to say, that that was, um, but that was one time that I actually was like, I'm not putting up with this jealous shit, you know? And then unfortunately, somehow I all of a sudden started putting up with it. Yeah. And then let it go for just a mere 25 years. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you a surprising jealousy story. Okay. Um, when I lived in California, I used to, you know, I talked about working at the club, right? Mm -hmm. So on uh, Thursday nights, we had the girls from the Hollywood Tropicana down in uh, LA. They would, yeah. they would come to the club and do their, you know, do, do their thing. You know, it was, it was just I don't what do, what do you call it exotic dancing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, they you know, they they did it for tips and things like it wasn't like nude or anything. It was just uh, you know, scantily clad. They'd come mm -hmm. out and they'd dress up in their they'd have a each girl would have their own little personality, their own shtick and sure. they would come out and do their whole dance thing and then they would, you know, do give you a private dance for, you know, 10 bucks or whatever, but it wasn't okay. it wasn't nude or anything. Right. So, so there was this one girl, beautiful girl. Her name was uh, Debbie, Debbie Cristella, Cristello, I think. Yeah, Cristello, beautiful girl. She was a Hollywood Tropicana girl or she was a uh, Hawaiian Tropic girl. Okay. And, um, you know, she would come up with the troop and stuff and I got to know her a little bit. Well, the thing is about these, a lot of these girls is, you know, they, they basically live from gig to gig. And, right. you know, when, when things are good, they're flush with money. When things are tight, they have nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got to know this girl and she lived in Fontana, which was about, uh, it was about a 40 minute ride from, from the club. So right. as I got to know her, we got to be pretty friendly, didn't date or anything. Just, just got to be real friendly. Mm -hmm. Well, she asked me, you know, if I ever need a ride to the club or anything, would you be willing to give me a ride? And it's like, yeah, no problem. You know, whatever. So I right. periodically I'd give her a ride and I'd go pick her up and bring her to the club. And then sometimes she'd get a ride home with one of the other girls or sometimes I'd drive her back home and drop her off. And mm -hmm. and uh, so there was a uh, down in Rancho Cucamonga. Right. There was a new club down there it was a hot club. It was called Charlie's. It wasn't something I would typically go to, but there was a girl. I started dating this girl. She actually worked at the clothes store that I bought my, uh, a lot of my clothes from in the mall. And I got to know her, you know, pretty well. And so, you know, we got along pretty well. So she invited me out. She says, Hey, my sister and I are going to go down to this club in Rancho Cucamonga called Charlie's. You okay. want to, you want to go with us? Right. And I was just like, yeah, cool. No problem. You know, sure. We'll go. So I think it was like a Friday or a Saturday night or something. We went down there and uh, it was because it was a fairly new club. It was kind of happening. Place was packed. 
So, right. so I'm at the, at this club with this chick and her sister and hanging out. Who should be there? This, this Debbie, right? Of course. And she's, she's there hanging out. She's not, she's not performing or anything. She's just there as a, as a patron. Well, she sees me. She comes over, grabs me by the arm, pulls me away from my date. Right. Right. And drags me away from her. And she says, like, what are you doing here? Like <laughs> real inquisitive. Like, and I'm just like, um, I'm here on a date with this girl. And she goes, who's that girl you're with? Oh, Jesus. You know? And I was just like, why do you fucking care? I'm not dating you. <laughs> you know, I was just like, just kind of blown away. It's like, why are you all of a sudden so interested? You know, I, I've never even kissed you. So as so much as dated you. Right. You know, we've gotten to be friends and I drive you home and this and that, but that's about it, you know? Well, is this something serious? Right. I, no, no, this is kind of like our first date. We're just like here, you know? It's like, oh, well, I was just surprised to see you here. <laughs> I, I'm just like, okay. I just see, and, and of course, now I have to explain to my date who right. this girl is right why is she dragging you away who is she <laughs> now you're more fucked for nothing that you did wrong exactly i'm just there yep. and it just just surprised me it was just right. like why why do you care it was it was almost like well you're kind of my property in a way you know it's just kind of what <laughs> you know it was the weirdest it was the weirdest goddamn thing I have one of those same stories, similar story. I don't remember the name of the club. Maybe you do. Cause it was in, it was in Akron, I think, or Cuyahoga falls. There used to be a club and it had outside volleyball. Like, it had like Oh a yeah. I, I know. I know exactly the place you're talking about. I, I do. It's, it's over by the, uh, Turkey foot lakes area. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Was called yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So the first time I came home from Korea, uh, my buddies were like, dude, this is a great place to pick up chicks. We mm. got to go to this fucking place. Yeah. I've been there many times. It's, it, it's right off the road runs right along the edge of like the volleyball area. Right. And I don't know when you were there, but I, I went there in 80, 87 summer of 87 i oh. guess and they were very right there was tons of chicks in this. Mm -hmm. it was great for chicks and they were all in bikinis playing oh yeah fucking volleyball. yeah it was, it was a great club you know and but so i was like yeah let's go to this club you know or they they were like you got to come to this place this is the place and i was like okay cool you know whatever you know i'm i'm the i'm the outsider at this point so i'll go so we go to this show or show to this club. And, um, when we get there, we're hanging out for a while. I ended up playing volleyball for a little while. I just jumped in with whatever group of people and start playing volleyball, you know, cause I was trying to meet chicks. I was trying to meet people. So I was like, Oh, four chicks, one guy. Yeah, I'll be the other guy. Sure. You know, I'll play volleyball, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. So I'm, I'm out there playing volleyball. And you know, at some point I, I, I came off the volleyball pit, I guess. And I had to, the thing was, as I was still underage, so I had to have my buddies buy me drinks, you know, because you know, I couldn't buy the drinks. Right. So, you know, I would send them over to the bar and they would go get the drinks and I would just kind of be off by myself for a little bit once they were off going to get drinks. So I was standing there watching whoever was playing next play volleyball, waiting for my buddies to come back with a beer or a drink, whatever. I don't remember. And this girl comes up to me and is like, is that you, Chris Aiken? And I was like, yeah. And I looked and it was my, it was my girlfriend from high school. Okay. Who, when I went to the army, we did the same dumb army bullshit that everybody does. The I'll wait for you and I'll, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, we did the whole thing and we wrote letters every day for a while, which then started being every three days, which then was every week. Then was, then yeah. I was in Korea and then it just stopped. Yeah. You know, 
you know, which was fine, you know, and I, and I got it. She moved on. I moved on. I certainly wasn't waiting for her either. Yeah, it was high school for God's sake. Yeah, of course. So, so, you know, we, I run into her and I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? And, you know, and she's like, good. And she's like, you know, you know, I hope you're not mad about the way things fell apart. And I was like, nah, you know, we were, we were apart and I'm in a different country and, you know, this, it wasn't going to work, but it's all good. Right. You know, and I just was like, Hey, that's cool. You know, it's all good. Gave her a nice hug, you know, your little peck on the cheek type of a kiss and was like, Hey, you know, have a good night, whatever. So my buddies show back up at this point and they're like, Oh my God, is that Beth? Whatever her name is. I'm not going to say her last name, but, uh, but uh, they're like, Oh my God, is that Beth? And I was like, yeah. And, and they're like, Oh, she still looks pretty good. And blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, she should. It's only been like eight months. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, she's, she, she's a whole, uh, 20 years old now. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like it was this long period of time, Yeah, you know, it was eight months later, but, um, um, so she, she walks away and my buddies come over and give me a drink and we just go back to minding our own business and trying to pick up chicks or whatever out of nowhere. This fucking guy grabs me by my shirt, spins me around, and is like, are you hitting on my fucking chick? <laughs> and I was like, who's your fucking chick? And, he's, and he points over to, to Beth, and he goes, that's my fucking girlfriend, and I saw you kiss her, and what the fuck? You know, and I was like, dude, calm down. And he's like, fuck you. And he's, you know, he starts pushing me or whatever. And, and I was like, dude, I dated her in high school. You know, I haven't seen her since then. I've been out of the fucking country. Fuck you. You're just trying to take my chick. <laughs> and I was like, dude, fuck you. And I just, I like started to turn and he took a punch at me. So then it turns into this brawl. And I ended up getting arrested at this fucking, at this, <laughs> this volleyball place. <laughs> <laughs> because I fucking just jumped on top of him and just beat him, beat him half to death. But you know, it was like, what in the fuck? Talk about jealousy. This guy was jealousy. He didn't even, he didn't even have it in him to ask the girl who I was. Right. He literally just saw me get, and it wasn't like I grabbed her by the head and was like, you know, <laughs> trying to suck her tongue down my throat. It literally was one of these, you know, well, it's great to see you too. Yeah, you a little know, peck on the cheek, yeah. Cheek things, yeah. You know, and and that was it. And this guy wanted to fucking fight me over it. Yeah. Was like, dude, you are fighting with the wrong fucking guy. <laughs> and needless to say, my mom was not real happy having to come and bail me out of jail for that. Oh boy, my mom, boy, she's she's the trooper. She had to bail me out of jail, God, half a dozen times. Yeah. She really put up with a lot of shit from me. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the name of that place, but it was on, on South Main Street. It was just south of downtown Akron. Yeah, it was like Spikers or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. I, I've been there several times. It was a long time ago, but I, I've been there numerous times. Yeah, it was some volleyball name, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was like Spikers or Ballers or something. Yep. I I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the place. Yeah, it was but, kind of a rugged looking building with like ramps yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. But it was but there were a lot of women. Oh no. When I went there in uh let's see, I came back from California in ninety one, so it was probably in the early nineties and it was still a very, very active place. Love that. That was a great bar. It was. Too good of too good of a bar to have gone under. Hmm. I'm sure though now these kids don't want to play volleyball. They'd rather play it on their fucking Wii or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I say we take a break here. All right. Am I, I think, picking again or are you picking? Oh, I got one for you. This right. uh, this actually a request too, but uh, this this is very uh, appropriate for the stories here. Okay. Cool. Uh, something from ACDC. Okay. That guy uh, wanted to fight you there at the Spikers or whatever the hell the name of that place yeah. was. Right. He, he thought you wanted to inject the venom. Yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> so here's ACDC exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Hi, this is Cliff Williams from ACDC, and you are listening to Bailey on the Classic Metal Show. 
With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.